Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday edition of Sports Daily. Glad to be here with you. Max Power in for Jad today. I am Jacob Albrock alongside Tommy Kester, and we are with you for the next two hours. Your Chiefs pregame show for most of our time here today. We'll also have the voice of the K-State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, in to look ahead to another big road game for them this weekend. Coming off of that uh, loss at Iowa State, this is a tough stretch of the schedule for the Cats. We'll get into that. We'll get into the weekend games for KU and Wichita State as well. Tommy, good morning. How are you? Man, getting ready for this weekend, of course, the AFC Championship game with Kansas City. Been thinking about that. All week long, we've been discussing it. We're going to get into it more today. Uh, college basketball in full swing, so a lot to get to today. We'll get you the latest on the Chiefs injury report as we're looking at that. Certainly the Ravens injury report, slightly more optimistic at this point of the week. Friday practices in the NFL are pretty critical, so we'll keep our eye on that today. But we'll let you know what's been happening on the practice field, who might be available, if that's affecting anything. It's all coming for you today. Tommy, do want to spend... Uh, just a minute on the Shockers again, sort of furthering our conversation yesterday. Uh, I've heard from a lot of people. Uh, Mike, uh, this morning, emailed us, or I guess it was yesterday evening, emailed us, just sort of saying he doesn't expect much better than this, certainly a little bit better, but the 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 problem for him is that you know the the players and the transfer portal aren't coming in here so the expectations need to be lower and it's two or three years of a of a rebuild and i i i understand that sentiment but we've been warning against that sentiment for you know almost a full calendar year now because that's not the way things work anymore and we just point you right to the other programs with first year head coaches temple hasn't been good although their only win came against wichita state but South Florida, uh, North Texas, and who, who's the one? I'm, who's the other? I'm forgetting. It, it, there's three of them. All of those schools are like a combined 14 and three right now in the league. It's Charlotte is the other one. Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte. Okay. So I, I understand that things take time. And the example that the emailer used is Hunter Dickinson's not walking through the door at Wichita State. They're walking through the door at Memphis, and they're walking through the door to some degree at Creighton, right? So 
think about the schools that we should be comparing Wichita State to. We shouldn't be comparing Wichita State to Charlotte and Temple. We should be comparing it to other major metropolitan schools with rich histories in basketball, with a donor base and a fan base that's as rabid as any in the country. Yeah, the fans aren't engaged right now. They're 0-6 in the league. In the AAC, of course they're not engaged. But winning begets more NIL money, begets more transfer players coming in. That's just the reality of the world we live in now in college basketball. And we've said this since the beginning of time. Wichita State doesn't have to pay football players, right? What some schools need to raise to pay dozens and dozens and dozens of athletes, Wichita State needs to pay like four high-level, big-ticket. I mean, I hope that they're able to to provide opportunities for, for tons of athletes. But when we're talking about like high-end, high-profile whatever, you only need a handful at a basketball program. And so that's why like – no, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know what, let's let's see what it's like in three years. Because I just don't think that's the way it works anymore. I think it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business because that's what the transfer portal is. And that's the world we live in now. My counter to that is that we may not have a choice but to wait and see what things look like in well, three right. years. Well, right, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, the, there's what's the other option? There's not going to be another head coach walking through the door at Wichita State basketball anytime soon. And even if things don't go well for the rest of this season, even if things don't go well next season, even if things don't go well the season after that, I have a really hard time thinking that there's going to be any kind of change made because of all the money that's being paid out already in buyouts at that university. Everybody from Greg Marshall to Darren Boatwright to Eric Wedge to Isaac Brown. I mean, there are buyouts after buyouts after buyouts at Wichita State. You're not going to add another one to that list. So we can sit here all day and talk about, you know, we, we can't wait that long. We may have to wait that long. We may well, have to. I, that may nobody, be the reality of the situation. Nobody here or really anywhere, I don't think, is advocating for a coaching change. That's no, not no, the no, point. No, no. That's not the That's point not of saying. any of these conversations. But I'm saying it also, that if, if this ends up being a right. long-term rebound, we may not – or a rebuild. We, may not, have, we may, may not have a choice but just to sit there and wait for it to be done. Yeah. I, I, I think the, the problem is where does it get better? And that's where, I, and I said this yesterday a ton, like I'm trying to find a light at the end of the tunnel. So if you don't think any of these players are good enough, they have nothing to work with then again next season. What's that going to look like? If they couldn't get the high-profile transfers this season and then you have the season like they're having, what makes you think that the high-profile transfers are walking in the door next year? Yeah, That's my problem is what's, what is the light at the end of the tunnel? And I'm always searching for the light at the end of the tunnel. I always want to approach these things glass half full. But again, my concern is, what's next? And my concern has always been, like, you know, and, and I'm not satisfied with the results the last few years either, but, you know, there was NBA talent on those rosters coming in. All of these things were happening. I just don't know what what should have us optimistic right now? That's what I'm looking for, right? What is making us think that this is going to get better in year two or three in the in the transfer portal era? If you think it's programming, program building, well, you also think none of the players there are good enough right now, right? 
Okay, so if it's not program building, now you've got to go get the players through the portal, but you're telling me Wichita State can't do that with some of the big names. I'm telling you that it should be able to, right? That's what I'm telling you. You're in a major city. You have a very generous donor base that needs to be activated. And you have one of the best fan bases of basketball, right? Chalkers travel, all the things we know about Wichita State, all the sellouts, all these things. None of that's happening right now. And I don't th- and I don't think an 0-6 start to the conference season is going to inspire any change in any of those areas. And that's the problem. What changes? They've got a couple of a couple of good looking recruits coming in that are in the range of players, I think, that have been the most successful at Wichita State. One of them, though, was already coming here. You know, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the fix is. That's what I'm struggling with. What's the fix? Well, the bottom line is that if the fan base is not activated and not engaged, and they're clearly not, you look around Coke Arena and you know that the fan base Why is would they not be? activated Too, right now. Exactly. If, if they're not activated, then the big money donor base is absolutely not activated, right? That, that's just by extension. That's just the way yes. that it's going to the be. Big, and so the big donor, they're activated because they know there's a return on their investment of being activated. Right, 100%. And so that's the major challenge. We can talk NIL all day long and transfer portal all day long, but you got to have money in the coffers to be able to go out and get those players now in today's college basketball world. And between all the buyouts that are being paid and the fact that probably the big money donors are not, uh, they don't really have the appetite to get involved with this at that level right now. I mean, that just multiplies the situation and how bad it is right now at Wichita State. On top of all of that, for better or for worse, Kevin Saul and Paul Mills are married together. That's just the way that it is. And by extension, the fan base is married together, right? Like because of what's happened over the last few years, which by the way, is not the fault of Kevin Saul or Paul Mills, but just because of what has happened over the last several years. Now we're in a situation where Wichita State conceivably doesn't have the luxury to be able to just be willy-nilly with this. And I, I, I do appreciate at the time, I do appreciate Kevin Saul, I think being very thoughtful and uh, deliberative in this decision of going out and hiring Paul Mills because it's an extremely important hire. I would argue that the head coach at Wichita State men's basketball might be the most important hire in the city of Wichita. I've been saying that forever. It is. And and, and so absolutely. So for better or for worse, Paul Mills and Kevin Saul are, are married together and the fan base and shockers everywhere are married to this program the way it is, whether it gets better or it gets worse. A change is not happening anytime soon. A change was already made less than a year ago. A change right. isn't again anytime soon. I, I think, too, like there is only one fix to all of this, and that's for this team to play better right now. Like that's that's the fix, and that's the challenge. And And honestly, like inside the facility, it doesn't matter what the hell we think. You just got to go win games. And that, you know, winning fixes and cures everything. The reality is right now, this team just needs to play better. It needs to stop seemingly getting worse and start winning games. And then these things take care of themselves. 
And that's the challenge to the program right now. You got to win games. Don't lose games at home to East Carolina. Well, not when you're on a kind of streak they're on. You're not afforded those sorts of nights off. You've got to go win games right now. And the schedule is not going to make that easy. And they were picked, what, were they picked eighth in the league? They're going to have to do some work to finish eighth in the league right now. And I would have, I mean, I, I would have lost my mortgage if you'd have told me they'd be worse than eighth in the league. So we got that, that that's we the part of it. That's, when that so, poll came out thinking I'm sure we oh, were with, with yeah. the returners and the newcomers and all of that, they should be in the top five or top three. Like we thought that yep. at the time when the poll came out and now it looks like they, unless something drastic happens, they're going to finish worse than that. They're never. And this is, well, maybe this is offense intended to some of these places, but not in the way that like, it's not malicious in all uh, at all. But, but I, I would suppose that there is, you know, there is some uh, <laughs> malice in this. Wichita State should never have seasons where they're finishing below Charlotte, where they're finishing below UAB, East Carolina, UTSA, Rice, Temple, maybe Temple, but they've been, it's been a minute. But like those are programs that should never be better than Wichita State, ever, ever. If you want to look in the league and tell me Florida Atlantic or South Florida or Memphis or SMU, okay, fine. Not some of these other schools. Go out and win the games. It's all the Shockers can do right now. It's the only thing that will make any of this better. And it's the only thing, quite frankly, I think that can help the future at all is to start winning some games, get this fan base fired up again, and then you'll probably have a little more to work with in the transfer portal. Just needed to get that. So we had a lot of feedback from our conversation yesterday. So we just wanted to sort of explore some of those things. Love our great listeners, even if they can't call in, even if you have to message us privately or see us on the street and talk to us. That's all great. We appreciate everybody. And we just, we want the winning too, man, more than anything. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, A program that lost recently but is winning, K-State. We're going to talk to Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats, next. A big weekend coming for the Cats. Going back-to-back in Ames and Houston. Yikes. What can they do to bounce back? We'll talk about it next on Sports Daily. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Thanks for watching us on our video stream. Sounds like we got the audio taken care of for those folks. You can always watch us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch. Right now, joining us on the program, the voice of the K-State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Wyatt, welcome back into Sports Daily. How are you? Well, I'm doing very well. It's uh, pretty uh, <laughs> cloudy, um, fog, rain-type situation here in Houston, getting ready for the game tomorrow, So, but all good, yeah. Well, listen, it is here, too, so you're not missing out on anything. Um, it's been that way for a while, <laughs> okay. but we're, we're going to get some yeah. sunshine. I, I This stretch of the schedule, boy, I'm glad K-State got off to the start it did because when you look at it and you've got your week consists of trips to Ames and then trips to and then a trip to Houston, that's a pretty tough yeah. week on the Big 12 grind. Well, you're absolutely right, and I think we knew it was going to be. I remember doing some interviews prior to leaving for uh, Des Moines and then the, the little bus ride up to up to Ames for the game that, you know, Iowa State 11-0 at home, Houston 11-0 at home going into this week. So it uh, kind of tells you everything that, you know, K-State faced. And I know we'll talk a lot about the Iowa State game, and there's a lot to talk about certainly, but, um, yeah, it, it shows you – what this league is all about. Um, tough, tough, tough games. What do you take away from the Iowa State game earlier this week? I know that, you know, of course, the Wildcats fall down early. They get back into the game and then ultimately kind of some drama the last couple of minutes of the game itself and Iowa State pulls away. Yeah, I think when you when you kind of start to break down the game, I think the the obvious that sticks out was some of the, you know, controversy towards the end and a technical foul call and, you know, those types of things. I know, I know, um, you know, people were, were talking after the game too, about the fact that there was a stretch there in the second half where K-State had uh, a stretch with eight straight possessions where they were called for a foul and 10 of 11. It was just an odd, oddly called game from my personal perspective. Um, and, and I thought it changed really from the first half to the second. Uh, but but the other thing, and I have to be honest about this, is that you know K State did not, and I'll repeat that, did not play very well in the first half, and it, it cost them. Uh, they're down at the break uh, by a count of 41 to 29. And you look at those first half numbers. K State was 10 of 24 for 42 percent, and 8 of 10 at the line but still was down 12. And part of the reason why was, was, you know, turnovers uh, didn't handle the trap of Iowa state very well, but made some really good adjustments and had some opportunities uh, to come back. And they were much, much, much more aggressive, better cuts um, led to better shooting. And they shot 48% in the second half. And, and, and this, this is the telling step for me, K-State in the first period where they're not very aggressive. They're one of eight from threes, and they were tough threes. In the second half with good threes, they go seven of 16. 
the the bugaboo though was the the poor free throw shooting late second half from the free throw line they were seven of 13 so the game was somewhat all over the map it was a good game hard-fought game some controversy but an, another opportunity where k-state tied it in the second half five times could never get the lead and those were the ones that hurt much like the, the game at tech you had a chance and didn't do it and in this league if you have a chance boy you sure would like to get it done Wyatt, I, I in, have it really enjoyed the growth of Arthur Kaluma. I know they had high expectations mm-hmm. for him coming in, but it almost feels like, and maybe this was on us, I think we all expected Tyler Perry to be that guy, and he hasn't mm-hmm. been, and Kaluma sort of has been, and that's been a really nice development. What have you seen from him, and what has made it work for him so well in his run for K-State so far? I love the question because I'm a big Arthur Kaluma fan. Not that I'm not of the other guys, and you would surmise that certainly, but I guess my point here is is that I think at the end of the day, what has stuck out for me all season long through the growing pains, the ups and the downs uh, for a pretty decently consistent player is that he really cares. He's an effort guy. Um much more talent, I think, than, than a lot of people really, really appreciate. I think he should be appreciated more for what he's doing. I mean, he's been a 36, 37-minute-a-game guy. And the other night he had 16 points, played his tail off. And the first thing he said to me when I talked to him after the game was, I was a poor rebounder tonight. <laughs> I, I thought that was extraordinary. Um, I love his game. You know, left hand, right hand, shoots it to deep. I, th- I think that's the thing, too. You know, even just going into the game the other night, he's shooting 41% from three. Um, and, and for, you know, a, a three-man, that's that's really, really good. So I know coaches told me multiple times that he could be an all-league defensive guy, too, um, with his improvement. Who knows whether he will or won't be, but but the fact that Coach is talking like that after the way he started defensively uh, when the year began tells you a lot about his toughness and his uh, just his willingness to to give everything, and, and I, I appreciate that about him a lot. Wyatt, you mentioned the rebounding. Uh, this was the third game in a row that K-State was out-rebounded. Now they're 2-1 and one in the last three games, even in the Baylor yep. win. They were still out-rebounded. What do you think it is going to take – and I know Arthur Kaluma is probably a, a large part of that, but what do you think it's going to take to improve that moving forward in conference play? Well, I think I'm just going to be blunt here. I think to be a good rebounder, you've got to want to do it. And K-State the other night got out rebounded 38 to 25. And when you compare the teams and, and what they are, um, if you want to point to some things why K-State got beat, that would be one of them. And I didn't mention that a moment ago. But I'm sitting here looking at my box score. And here you go. You ready? Gasson, two rebounds. Kaluma, two rebounds. Will McNair, one rebound. Jarrell Colbert, three. Those are the guys that should be a lot better than that. Now, Tyler Perry had three. Cam Carter had three in 20 minutes. And Dorian Finister had six. They just got to be better. And I... It isn't yeah. always about effort necessarily, but but uh, I, I think you do have to be somebody. That, they're better when they're where. How do I want to say this? It's in the front of their mind that rebounding is important. Um, 
when they've had that in the front of their mind, they've been a pretty good rebounding team. And sometimes when they don't, they're not. I, but are they going to be? I mean, that's kind of my thing with it. I, I just sure. I don't know that the identity of this team has ever struck me as that team that's going to dominate you on the boards. And that's not to say that yeah. they can't win in other ways. I think that they can. I just don't. I mean, I guess my expectation isn't for them to be one of the better rebounding teams in the Big 12. I just don't think they have that kind of size. Well, that's probably fair and or depth, uh, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. and, and you look at the competition, you know, I, I'm very concerned about this game with Houston from that perspective. I'm concerned on a lot of levels. Don't misunderstand. But these guys, <laughs> you know, you, you look at their numbers, they're plus almost eight um, in the rebound margin, and they're just big and physical and tough. And uh, if you don't rebound uh, and handle their pressure, you're going to be in for a long day. And that's, that's just the reality of it. You mentioned a couple of the bench players, Wyatt, you know, especially Dorian Finister. And I know that foul trouble played into a lot of it earlier this week against Iowa state, but we saw some of the bench players get more minutes than what we've been accustomed to throughout the season. Where do you stand on the development of some of those guys? Finister, Jarrell Colbert, uh, day day Ames, others come for Jerome Tang. I like that question a lot, and I, I asked that of Coach Tang prior to the game for pregame with Iowa State, and I, I think he's really um, happy with the progress of some of those guys. I, I think we've seen Dorian in the last you know two to three weeks really make a significant jump. Um, he played almost 21 minutes the other night and had four points and six rebounds, and, and two of those were offensive boards. He's a good athlete for his position. I think he, I mean, he took one in the mouth the other night, an elbow in the mouth, and he, you'd have to see his lip to appreciate it, and he just kept kind of grinding through. So he's getting tougher um, and, and is more comfortable, I think, and more confident right now than he's, than he's been in the short time he's been at K-State. Um, you know, I'm a fan of Day-Day uh, and R.J. Jones. I think they're I'll say this bluntly. They're barely scratching the surface what I think they're going to be. Barely. Um, not Doesn't mean they haven't had their moments because they have. RJ had a big shot in beating Baylor. You guys know that. But I think as we continue to get closer into this and these coaches start saying like, hey, it's, it's mid to late January now. These guys aren't freshmen anymore. You kind of hope that continues through February and March because they're, hey, they were four-star guys for a reason, right? And uh, it's it's uh, they're skilled. He's got to bring it a little bit more about every time and be more consistent with it. I want to talk just a second, Wyatt, about football. How what can you tell us about you know the portal? I guess and and what what kind of noise is being made? We had another major job go by. It looks like you know we won't have to deal with the coaching rumors this time. But what what kind of work is being done in the portal now and and have there been additions or chatter about things that are going to help K-State football win games next year? Well, I th- I think if you look at um as an example the spring roster uh for K-State and I you know I I do this all the time. <laughs> um I uh I think you're going to see some guys um, that are, are new to this program step in and help right away. There are other guys that didn't play significant roles last year that uh, were portal guys too. And I, like a Tyler Nellum comes to mind, a corner from 
Atlanta, who was at SEMO last year. Um, but I, I, I think the, the Spradley Dimps kid as a wide receiver is just a freshman, and he's maybe a poor example because he's a freshman, but they've recruited good quality guys. Maybe the better example would be the kid that everybody's talking about here recently is the, the Penn State transfer, um, Dante Cephas. The, the K-State had, I've said this over and over, and I, I believe it to be so, K-State has more than in virtually every year since this thing began benefited more from the portal in football than they've been hurt by it. And I, I continue to stand by that. And I, I think when you look at the guys like Julius Brents and people like that, and even though Kobe Savage didn't finish his career here, I mean, think about the two years that K-State got out of him. So they're, they're doing a nice job of that. Wyatt Kellis Robinette had an incredible article that came out the other day uh, about how the Wildcats continue to retain Chris Kleiman when there are big jobs that are open around the country, really prominent positions. And Washington was one mm-hmm. um, a week or two ago. And of course, Michigan and you know there are others. And just that relationship between Chris Kleiman and Gene Taylor. I know we've talked about it before, but I know that you have, you know, you've got with both Gene Taylor and Chris Klein that a little, you know, their relationship and that loyalty that they have with each other. Yeah. And you know, you're talking about some pretty good jobs here, right? I mean, that, that's the thing that, that I'm going to say here is that that kind of sticks out and yet um, he does not in any way to me seem to be tempted to, to bite on that. I think coach Kleiman is by nature, um, a very loyal person, and I, I don't make a lot of promises, but I, I can say this uh, and, and with 100% or maybe even 1,000% confidence that he loves working with and for Gene Taylor. Uh, the trust there is the thing that I think sticks out. Uh, and, and honestly, the friendship too. Um, and, and so there's, there's a comfort for him there. Um, you know, and, uh, and let's be honest, the guy's making a boatload of money living in Manhattan, Kansas. There are worse things that could happen to a person, right? <laughs> I mean, he's doing, no he's doing really, that. really, yep. really yep. quality work. Uh, but uh, I, I think at some level, money is always important. I'm not trying to downplay that in any way. But uh, I think he's very comfortable with the money he's making, where he's at, how it's going, uh, the leadership uh you know, from, from his, uh, his boss, the athletic director. So lots of good there. All right, Wyatt, what do we have coming up for the Houston game uh, this weekend? It's a, it's a game that you'll hear right here on KFH. It is an 11 a.m. tip. What do you guys have in store for us? Well, looking forward to this one because, as I said before, they're really tough, physical. It's hard going into these kinds of games. You have to be so ready and do so many things well. Uh, we'll kind of try to preview that a little bit in the pregame with with the you know the assistant coach with the scout and coaches pregame comments. But I you know just being around them today and I've stepped out of a film session there to to visit with you guys here and they you know that they've got um, I don't know how much you want to talk about this with with Kelvin Sampson, but this guy's honing in on 250 wins in Houston and 750 in his career. Those yeah. are pretty stacked. We, we think he's one of the best, it. by the way. Yeah, no he's, doubt. he's been highly regarded here playing against yeah. Wichita State for a while. 
Oh, for sure. And yeah, yeah, I'm probably preaching the choir that way. You know, I always kind of don't think about it like that way, and I should because they were. I mean, in, in the American last year, they were what seventeen and one, if memory serves me correctly. I mean, just they, a you don't get them very often. Run he's been on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the, and again, just the. I mean, I think the guy that probably portrays what they are as much as anybody is Jamal Shedd, right? I mean, he is. He's Sharon Collins, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. that he's as good That's offensively a good as Sharon Collins, but in terms of his defense, leadership, toughness. I mean, all of those kind of things, that, that's who I think he is. I, I would agree with that. And, and as far as Samson, you know, I always, what stood out to me is Isaac Brown, the former coach of Wichita State, used to always point to yeah. him as who he thought was the best coach in the business. Just, you know, coach. And yeah. I, I think that there's something to that. I mean, what he, the, the run Houston's on right now is incredible. I mean, oh, they've mu- stepped right into the Big 12 and they're going to just keep it rolling. I, I love it for the Big 12, by the way. I mean, I know everyone probably doesn't like to see them twice a year, but for the Big 12, what a what an awesome addition that is to get you know that area engaged into this league this way, and it helps the league in mm-hmm. what I think will be a big TV contract down the road. Like I love it, but you just, but now you get to play them one or two times a year, which is which is maybe not well, quite as fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, here's the thing too that that and I they're four and two in the league. Those losses on the road at TCU and at Iowa State—that's not a crime. Uh, but but f- following up a 33 and four, they have just two starters back, and yet you you look at, you know, the guy. I mean, they have quite a few returning guys, uh, but not j- but not many starters, and yet you don't see them miss much of a beat, right? Now it helps when you're adding an LJ Cryer, right, one of the elite shooters in major college basketball. Uh, so yeah, he. I think he really probably is as hard nosed as any Division One coach that comes to mind when I think about those kind of things. You simply stated, you guys will agree with this, I'm sure. You can't play for him unless you defend. You can't. It's impossible. You agree? And with that's that? what makes him so great. I t- yes, that's exactly. what makes him so great. Yeah. They're giving up 51.9 points a game, fellas. That's, that's wild. Crazy. <laughs> that's that's yeah. just Isn't wild. That's in the big, and they've played yeah. six Big 12 games, too, by the way, in that. Uh, it's exactly. not like they're playing yeah. the, you know, well, yeah. Uh, it, it's <laughs> going to be fun. We're looking forward to watching K-State take that sort of challenge on. I think it's just one next step in what this, this team's going to be this year, but it'll certainly be fun. And and to your point, like, I'm I'm as excited to see Tang versus Sampson as, as I am anything else. Uh, because Tang has yeah. shown in a very short amount of time that he he clearly is too one of the best on the bench there that we that we have in the country. Just this year was not supposed to be this way, and it's been far exceeding the expectations. We're looking forward to it, Wyatt. We'll have you guys on the air. What time did you say coverage starts? Uh, Ten a.m. We got an early game, man. We played the latest game of the That's... midweek, uh, eight o'clock Wednesday in Ames, and and here we got the earliest game on Saturday. But hey, you got to go play him. 10 a.m. right here on KFH. Wyatt, we appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy your time down in Houston. Thanks, guys. Great talking to you, as always. Appreciate it. Always such good stuff from the voice of the Wildcats. Wyatt Thompson, good perspective on everything. So Mark Andrews is activated now. That's official. He'll play Sunday. Uh, Tommy, the Ravens are getting a lot of positive injury news. Marlon Humphrey also looks like he may be able to play. And then you look at the Chiefs' official injury report, and it is 
very, very long. Three, six, nine, 12, 15, 17 players listed on the injury report in some capacity. Um, you know, we there are names like Legarius Sneed on there who's been a limited participant. Isaiah Pacheco hasn't practiced all week. Not worried about either of those guys. And in fact, I agree with the Pacheco call. Put that dude on ice. Um, and if Legarius Sneed needs to rest something, great. The ones that we're really watching are uh, Trey Smith got back to a full practice yesterday, so you can cross that one off the list. Mike Edwards, who looks promising. Uh, he was a limited participant yesterday after not practicing Wednesday. Joe Tooney, who we've reported to you here, I think it was I think it was ESPN, saying that he's he's probably doubtful at this point, but going to try to play. That's obviously significant, uh, Joe Tooney, especially when you know you want to run the ball. So Joe Tooney will keep an eye on. Willie Gay will keep an eye on. He was limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Today for him is probably the most critical um, to see if he practices. He had a stiff neck, I believe Andy Reid said. Dan Israel told us earlier in the week he would be surprised if Gay didn't figure out a way to play. Uh, so that one uh, that one could be as impactful as any. Um, Trent McDuffie has listed on there. He's fine. Uh, it, Kadarius Tony still is not a full prote- – he, he practiced in full Wednesday and then had to take some time off yesterday. Sky Moore still not practicing. But I think the big ones, Tommy, are Tooney and Gay – um, and we'll just have to see because it looks like Mike Edwards will be able to go. So it's Tooney and Gay that we're watching, and in a game that you know will feature the run, both of those guys are pretty critical to that on other on on each side of the ball. Yeah, let's start with Joe Tooney. So it was actually Adam Schefter reporting that Joe Tooney was unlikely to play on Sunday; that he would do anything possible to try to play, but it looks unlikely that he'll be able to make it happen. Now, of course, things can change between now and Sunday afternoon. The one good thing, the one positive thing is that Nick Allegretti is the backup to Joe Tooney. And Allegretti is a veteran. Now, of course, you know, not a first team all pro like Joe Tooney is, but you do have that experience in big games from a guy like Nick Allegretti. But I agree with you, Kansas City, I, you would think conceivably will want to lean on Isaiah Pacheco and should lean on Isaiah Pacheco. And if you don't have the run blocking ability of Joe Tooney in the game, you know, that's going to be an issue. So that one bears watching for sure. And I, th- I think that we can both agree that Joe Tooney has probably been the best offensive lineman that Kansas City has. Now, I think he's better than obviously any of the ends when you're looking at Jawan Taylor or Donovan Smith, clearly. Uh, you know, and then, of course, Trey, uh, Trey, uh, Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey. I think that Joe Tooney has outplayed both of those guys as well this season. So that would be a significant loss for Kansas City on the offensive line. Willie Gay, for sure, um, because we know what his role is on that defense. And we know how important he is when you've got a running quarterback opposing you. We saw it a week ago when Willie Gay exited the game. And, and you could definitely feel his absence as Josh Allen was able to run the football almost at will in the first half. So I, I totally agree with you. Those are the two players that are going to be bear. Uh, we're going to want to bear watching as we go over the next 48 hours. Yeah. I, and, and I think gay concerns me more. Andy Reed pointed to drew tranquil is being able to do a really nice job. The the tranquil one thing I played great, he's been a great the one, and, to and 
it's not the thing that made Gay so difficult in the Buffalo game is it happened during the game, right? So now you've got to adjust to it. I would imagine that they've been adjusting. Now you've got a week to adjust versus the game in Buffalo. You'll you'll have something in place just in case now, and that yep. will certainly even help more. Um, and I agree. I do think the Chiefs have depth on the offensive line. I, I mean, I think that's that's a place that Alec they Grady's have a veteran. Some depth. That's great. That's great. But you, but it, but he ain't Joe Tooney, and nobody is. Yeah, he's not a first so, team All Pro. That's that's and you know Isaiah Pacheco, I think, can find success despite it with the style in which he runs. But you need Joe Tooney, and I mean it's a peck, man. I I don't know what you can do to power through a, a peck injury. My my suspicions are that you kind of can't, and and then it becomes like, do you really want your your star guard out there without the full use of his chest muscles trying to push guys around so there's a like it may be one of those things where yeah he can handle the pain of it but can he be effective with it that becomes a problem and it's kind of the same thing with Willie Gay if he has a stiff neck like you know it, it doesn't matter how tough you are if you're less effective you could be hurting your team so you have to really watch that I think with both of those injuries the other question is can either one of them get worse if they play in this game? Because if they win the game, obviously you've got a week off before the Super Bowl. Can you make that pec injury or that neck injury worse for either Tooney or Willie Gay? And if you can't, if it's like just it's kind of a pain management thing, it's not going to get worse. It's just going to be painful to get through it. You know, then does that influence the decision to have them play in this game, because if it's not going to get any worse, if you're not risking that injury getting any worse, then, you know, maybe there is an argument that could be made that they could be out there if they can work through the pain. Yeah, I I think that that's always the case with the trainers. I think if you ask the two players, they would probably be willing to take the risk because they know they got to get there first. Um but yeah, that, I mean, that's why you have trainers, right? You just ask those questions. Is this going to get worse? And is this guy going to be at full strength with it? Yeah. And I, th- th- those are questions. We'll fight today. Look, during the season, Friday practices are when you kind of really learn. And I don't think it's as quite as cut and dry as it is in the regular season. But I would imagine if you see them practice today, there's a pretty good chance. If you don't see them practice today, it'd be doubtful at best. So we'll keep our eye on that injury report today. It's always a critical one on Fridays in the NFL. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Hour number two for you coming on Sports Daily. It's all Brockton Caster. Plenty more to get to. We'll give you some final thoughts and predictions on this game when we return. Mornings with Bob and Tom on 97.5 and 1240 KFH, Wichita's most listened to sports radio, always live on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.